Hello, everyone. I'm a parent, educator, and nurturer of young minds and hearts on a mission to facilitate the joy of learning. I am also your host, Maxine McFarlane, and it is my pleasure to welcome you to the Teacher's Tribe podcast. Apparently, my mind is stuck in a reflective state this school year, and I'm enjoying the historical journey. Isn't it funny how things do not always resonate with us in the moment, yet years later, those same experiences bring us profound wisdom? As I mentioned in a previous episode, my early childhood schooling was filled with rhymes, gems, and poetry. One of them emerged into my memory this week. If at first you don't succeed, try, try, try again. I can already tell that this is going to be a year with a lot of trial and error. Even many teachers feel like first-year teachers again. Even veteran teachers feel that way. I heard someone referring to this school year as a plane that we're building as we're flying it. That's a strong visual, but so far it seems appropriate. Just imagine that for a moment. How would you feel if you were zooming in the air at top speed with many passengers on board, but you had to be putting the pieces of the aircraft together at the same time? I'm pretty sure that I am not the only educator or parent whose heart races with the realization that we are currently doing just that. Can you imagine what this flight is or will be like? Let's imagine it for a moment. My teacher friends, let's take this trip together through these airport announcements. So the first announcement comes late summer of 2020. Good morning, passengers, a.k.a. teachers, parents, and students. This is the pre-boarding announcement for flight 2020 to 2021. We are now inviting passengers with small children and any passengers requiring special assistance to begin boarding at this time. You will need to choose from the following options. Plan A, face-to-face instruction. Plan B, hybrid model. Plan C, virtual learning. Teachers, please have your boarding pass and identification ready so our HR department can process any request for accommodation. Parents, your documents need to be available for inspection to determine what technological devices need to be provided for your children. Regular boarding will begin sometime in the indefinite future. Thank you. Now let's imagine another announcement that comes as a robocall on the day before the first day of school. This is the final boarding call for passengers who are administrators, teachers, parents, and students booked on flight 2020 to 2021. Please proceed to gate August 17 immediately. The final checks are being completed and the superintendent will order for the doors of the aircraft to close in approximately 12 hours time. I repeat, this is the final call for administrators, teachers, parents, and students. Thank you. Now let's have one more announcement. 
and this one comes at around 8.20 a.m. on the first day of school. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on board Flight 2020 with service from August to June. We are currently third in line for takeoff and are expected to be in the air in approximately 10 minutes time. We ask that you please fasten your seatbelts at this time and secure your Chromebooks, headsets, blue light filter glasses, masks, health screening devices, and patients. We also ask that your internet connection is strong and your laptop screen is in an upright position. Please turn off your other personal electronic devices, including cell phones and tablets. Thank you for choosing Flying While You Build Airlines. Enjoy your flight. <laughs> That's just a snippet of what it's been like for some of us who have already started the school year. Over the past few years, I have been reading the Julie Danberg book called First Day Jitters. I've been reading it to my second graders on the first day of school. This year, that experience took on a whole new meaning. I wasn't anxious or nervous, but I didn't feel quite the same. The strange thing is I couldn't really capture these jitters in one adjective. A few weeks have passed now, and while I am still unable to pinpoint the current emotion, I have decided to focus on the adjective that I have chosen to embody, and that is resilience. Let's go back to the gem that I highlighted at the top of this episode. If at first you don't succeed, try, try, try again. Every day I must don patience and exercise resilience. I'm making a deliberate effort to pass on this quality to my students through consistent recognition and reinforcement in our daily interactions. Unfortunately, some of my students are still awaiting devices that are being distributed by my school district and have been either using a tablet or sharing a device with a family member to join my live sessions. Others are having challenges with unreliable internet connection and they drop out of our Google Meet several times during each session. Still others have trouble with opening files because they take a long time to load. I recognize their efforts and consistency for signing in again when they lose access. I say their names every time I am notified that they have joined the meeting. I have set up a second device so I can see my students while I'm presenting on my laptop that I'm teaching from. And so I continually scan my second device to identify them when they pop back in. I'm inclined to believe that resilience is contagious and encouragement causes it to develop. Resilience embodies several other qualities that I have noticed emerging in my virtual classroom. My students and I have to be flexible and shift at any moment during our instructional day. This flexibility can be exhausting due to the constant motion created by the many activities that we have to engage in. I recently had a heart-stopping experience that required this kind of flexibility. My students were engaged in an activity on a shared file in Google Slides when one student inadvertently deleted several slides. This slides presentation had pairs of students' names on each slide 
And this accident happened just as I was verifying that the students were all on their assigned slides. At that moment, I had to somehow summon buoyancy and recreate the activity on the spot. I initially attempted to have the student undo the changes. However, he said that that wasn't working. So I asked my class for some grace. I instructed them to remain in the session with me and I assigned them a 10 minutes of math practice on a platform that they would normally be assigned to do independently at the end of our whole group lesson. I put on a 10 minute timer and recreated the presentation while they worked. Things were definitely not going as I had planned, but I chose to be resilient because the show must go on. A few minutes after we resumed the activity, my administrator popped into our virtual classroom. My lesson was behind schedule, but I was happy that we were back on track. And although this was not on the lesson plan, it was a teachable moment for my students. It's my hope that my response in this situation provided an example of resilience for them that they can apply for themselves in the future. If at first you don't succeed, try, try, try again. I have mentioned in previous episodes that building relationships with my students is one of the most important areas of my work, especially at the beginning of the school year. Another important task is parental engagement. With students learning from home, this is even more critical this year. This is not always an easy process, and there are several challenges that impede my attempts to contact and connect with my students' parents. I feel like we were charged with social worker type duties during the first two weeks of school when I first received my class list. It is common practice to make a positive phone call to parents before the first day of school. However, this year I had to focus on whether or not the students had devices and internet access. I had conversations about their well-being and share information about accessing school meals. Then there were challenges with incorrect contact information because some parents had moved or changed phone numbers and did not provide the new information for it to be updated in the system. I also had a few incidents where parents spoke Spanish and there was no interpreter available at that time because I was working from home. I must say, gracias Senorita Wita y Senora Richards for the Spanish lessons in high school and college because I was somehow able to dig deeply into my brain to retrieve vocabulary learned many years ago. Initially, I was filled with uncertainty. However, my confidence grew as the parents and I engaged in our Spanglish conversations. On a couple of occasions, my students' older siblings were able to translate for us. If at first you don't succeed, Try, try, try again. In this case, it meant trying another approach to find a solution. The language barrier can often limit communication between teacher and parents, but there are resources available to bridge that gap. We must be proactive and explore all avenues to make it happen. I have added the Google Translate app to my phone as a quick backup when I'm in a bind. And I know sometimes the translation might be a little off, but it facilitates some kind of communication between us. 
I encourage families to also download the messaging app that our school system uses because it translates messages into their chosen language. While I may not be able to pick up the telephone and give them a call, I ensure that I communicate with them via messages. I have found that they appreciate my efforts and are engaging more as I consistently reach out to them. Some challenges are not as easily resolved and require more investigative type work. During the first week of school, I, ha I had still not accounted for one of my students and I was not at peace. I hated the fact that he was missing out on the initial days of orientation and introduction to our learner management system, as well as other activities with his peers. I repeatedly called and left messages for all the family members listed, but got no response. The breakthrough came when I spoke with his first grade teacher, who provided his mother's new phone number, and I was able to get him into our Google Classroom the same day, and he joined our morning meeting the following day. I like to explore the vertical alignment of the curriculum, and this experience showed that vertical relationships are also important. Sometimes we won't succeed with just the information at hand, so we must explore other available resources, of which the human ones are the most valuable. The first semester is on its way, and success will be measured in different ways this year. School boards, school districts, administrators, teachers, parents, caregivers, and students will use different scales to measure success. Could this be the year when traditional measures are thrown out the window? My team and I are still grappling with the idea of formal assessments. How can so-called testing conditions be maintained in our virtual classrooms? Will parents or other family members impact testing by being distracting or by offering assistance to the students? How will teachers monitor what students are doing when their cameras are turned off? How can we respect the privacy of the families we serve while engaging students as they learn from home? While we grapple with these ideas and seek solutions for these challenges, I choose to see success in the daily interactions and experiences. Success is all of my students signing into our virtual classroom. Bonus points if they enter with their microphones muted. Success is when the daily check-in results show that my students are feeling happy, excited, overjoyed, and calm. Success is each student completing at least one assignment in Google Classroom today. Success is hearing each student's voice at least once during our live session. Success is working with a small group or one-to-one -one with a student and seeing the moment the light bulb turns on. Success is not working through my lunch break. Success is finishing my water bottle. Bonus points if I refill it. Success is responding to emails and messages before I leave work. Success is having a productive meeting with my colleagues. Success is getting through a lesson without any technology issues. I've already listed 10 items and I could go on, 
The truth is, success can be found in many ways as we interact in this world of education. We just need to look for it. Parents and caregivers, here's a list for you if your child is learning remotely. Success is your child getting out of bed and joining his or her class. Success is having access to technology for learning. Success is your child's ability to navigate the learning platforms. Success is having teachers whose mission is to provide the best education for your child amidst the challenges. Success is your child expressing how he or she feels about the current challenges. For those of you whose children are engaged in face-to-face instruction or being homeschooled, here's your list. Success is you showing up to support your child every day. Success is being able to engage in the teaching learning process. Success is making it through another day. Success is seeing your child completing an assignment. Success is finding a quiet moment at some point in the day. If at first you don't succeed, try, try, try again. Let's plan to reset ourselves every day, exercise resilience, and accept that success must be seasoned with grace this year. Winston Churchill is credited with this quote, success is not final, failure is not fatal, It is the courage to continue that counts. As you view success through a new lens this year, take some time to note what that may look like. Success may be simply taking a deep breath when our plans do not go well, but we resolve to try again. Let's practice resilience. Leave a comment on my blog post for this episode at theteacherstribe.com or on the post on Instagram or Facebook. Remember, if at first you don't succeed, try, try, try again. Until next time, walk good and one love.